In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to talk to you about Genesis today. And by that, I do not mean the book in the Bible. I mean the progressive rock band. Um, uh, you, you might not know this trivia, but Peter Gabriel was the original frontman to Genesis, not Phil Collins. Um, but uh, that kind of predates my time. You know, when I was a kid, I saw Phil Collins. But Peter Gabriel, before going solo, was the frontman of Genesis, and they were much more experimental. He was kind of the first Lady Gaga, you know, in terms of wearing outfits at concerts to attract attention. And then Gabriel decided in the, the mid-70s to have a solo career, and so, uh, you know, what is Genesis to do? Um, their front man is leaving. Often that's kind of the, the breakup of a band, as if something happens with the front man, often with, unfortunately, a death. Um, but in this case, they, they wanted to carry on and were looking for a new front man and auditioned all, tons and tons of people. And the person that they thought they liked, um, they decided against him finally. And Phil Collins, who was their drummer and backup vocalist, just stepped in one day. And um, there began the Phil Collins era of Genesis, where he was the, um, the front man. And they continued for a very long time. Um, and had much success, especially in the 80s. They were kind of made for MTV. They had some of the coolest uh, music videos. And so there was all this new creative success and growth with Genesis even after Peter Gabriel left. And you can see this um, with companies also. You know, like if the founder or CEO leaves, sometimes um, they succeed, actually. They, they continue, and also they grow and in new ways with new creativity. A, a good example of this is Disney. You know, Walt Disney died, and he was the heavyweight. I mean, the company is named for him. And yet, since he died in the 1960s, look at what they've done, you know, how they've expanded um, into new arenas uh, in so many ways and have had so, so much success. Apple, of course, is kind of an interesting example because of the you know, Steve Jobs era where he did such good things um, and then he died recently and it's kind of, we're kind of like, you know, what's going to happen with Apple? I know that was a few years ago, but I think people are still asking, like, is Apple going to succeed? You know, iPhone 6, bending in the pocket, uh, you know, I mean, is that, is that a bad sign? Um, and some companies do fail, you know, when new owners or CEOs come in. I see this often in a show called Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Often what happens is uh, uh, an owner retires or sells a company, new owners come in, and the, the company just completely falls apart, and the, the, the food is not good. But I've had, you know, examples in my life, just like Genesis and Disney and Apple. I worked for uh, campus ministry at Georgetown University for two years. And the first year I was there, this is a, a Jesuit school. The executive director of campus ministry was a, a Jesuit named Father Godfrey, who was the sweetest, sweetest guy. And when he announced his retirement, everybody was like, what are we going to do? We can never find another Father Godfrey. He's just the greatest um, sweetest man and an excellent director and yet six years ago they found this guy named Father O'Brien who's doing marvelous things in campus ministry. He's younger and um, I've sort of watched it. I was there one year with him and the last five years I've just sort of watched it blossom 
under his cure, and, and that's exciting. And I bring this all up today because at the end of Deuteronomy, we have a regime change um, between Moses uh, to Joshua. And, and Moses has died, of course. God, in fact, said, you can't go into the promised land. Um, and as a result, Moses dies, and the leadership of Israel is handed over to Joshua. And the people of Israel enter into a period of collective mourning. As the passage today says, the people of Israel wept for Moses for 30 days, which just sounds like a long time for us, but it was kind of normal uh, then. You see this with Aaron when he dies, that the people mourn for 30 days. Um, and they're entering what you could call, and this is uh, to quote Genesis the band, a land of confusion. Um, they're entering the promised land, which is a land of confusion, but they're also entering a land of confusion under the new charge of Joshua. Just listen, this is the Genesis song, Land of Confusion. Just listen to these lyrics. Too many people, too many men making too many problems, and there's not much love to go around. Can't you see? This is a land of confusion. And that is a great video if you want to look up one on, on YouTube. So they're entering a land of confusion. You know, what are the emotions of the people of Israel now that Moses is dead? Think about that, you know kind of like Apple with Steve Jobs, you know, what would your emotion be? Uh, and in this case, the stakes are much, much higher than a company. Um, it'd probably be something like fear and great anxiety, probably feeling of uh, being discouraged. I've been preaching on Exodus here for a while. You know the story. These are the people who, you know, often grumbled and then God thought he was going to do one thing and then Moses interceded. You know, will God still be with this rebellious generation, us rebellious Israelites, without Moses not only to lead us, but to intercede on our behalf. Haven't you felt this way before, um, an entering of a new era? Maybe it was a regime change, maybe it's something else, you know, a big change in your life. There are some major stressors in life that you'll have, of course, um, and you'll see them in other people, and their death is one, and on the flip side of that is birth. You know, a new baby can be really stressful, just as the death of a loved one can be. Divorce is a major stressor, and so is a new marriage on the flip side of that, uh, or a second or third marriage. You know, these are major stressors. Moving, <laughs> I've got a lot of experience with that, especially lately. Um, and uh, uh, job loss, you know, unexpected. On the flip side of that, a new job can also be a major stressor. Or in older age, unexpected illness, either of yourself, uh, a loved one, maybe elderly parents or a spouse. These are kind of the, the, the big ones that you see, the big life events. And uh, recently in my last parish, there were two parishioners who came to me. They, they were um, moving uh, because he, uh, they were engaged, he got a job somewhere else, so they were moving, um, and there's the new job, and they said to me, we're thinking about getting married before we move, and I said, please don't, <laughs> you've got enough going on, you know, I mean, wait, can you wait till you get to the other end, but of course they wanted to be where all their friends were, and they didn't listen to me, I shouldn't even have said it, but... You know, you don't envy someone who's moving across the state, bringing their children with them, a new job, which is probably a great job, and then, you know, getting married. Like, oh my gosh, so much going on. Ding, ding, ding. 
uh, off the maps. Um, and with all this said, I, I want to just take a, a, a time right now to be um, explicit and direct with you about this 5 p.m. service and community. Um, that we are in a new era, aren't we? Um, uh, there's been regime change, uh, a transfer of leadership, however you want to characterize that. And so you could think about all that I've said and apply that to our situation together that, you know, 30 days of mourning is normal. Uh, and not only normal, it's allowed and expected. You know, whatever, I can put that in air quotes, 30 days of mourning. You know, whatever that means for you, with the 5 p.m. service, we might be and have been in a land of confusion. You know, I mean, maybe the promised land uh, is is in our sights, yet the promised land can be confusing, you know, especially under a new leader. But, you know, consider uh, Walt Disney. Consider Disney uh, and what happened when, when things changed and when uh, the old leadership left and new leadership came in. And, and you could also consider Moses. You know, both of those institutions, the Disney Corporation, the Nation of Israel, carried on with the legacy of those former leaders. I mean, to this day, the Jewish people still, you know, Moses influences their faith, and us too. And you can look at the logo of Walt Disney, and it says what? It's a signature. You know, I mean, the legacy carries on. And yet, Disney and, and Israel grew and changed beyond what was in uh, new and exciting ways. And you could say, especially with Israel, but maybe even with Disney, that God had a role in it, you know, that it was anointed by him what was, what was happening. And so I just want to say that I want to see creative growth here with the, the 5 p.m. service. You know, whatever that means, you know, consider also Genesis the band. You know, in the 1980s, after... Um, Phil, after Peter Gabriel left and Phil Collins came in, you know, that was a time when you might have thought, well, the Genesis is never going to be the same. And that was kind of true. But Phil Collins actually does sound a lot like Peter Gabriel. And boy, did they make some amazing music after Peter Gabriel left even. And some amazing music videos. You know, I can't dance. I mean, come on. That, um, uh, and so I want to see sort of new and creative growth here uh, under under new leadership and a new era, and perhaps, uh, you know, a land of confusion. I'm aware of that. And so what are some lessons on regime change that we can learn from the book of Joshua? I'm talking about the end of Deuteronomy, the very last chapter, but what follows in the next chapter of the Bible is the book of Joshua, uh, is the, the new era. Um, well, at the, the end of Deuteronomy and in the beginning of Joshua, you hear this phrase said several times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Moses says it to Joshua before he dies and sort of passes on the mantle. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then the Lord says three times in one speech to Joshua in the first chapter of Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then finally, the people of Israel say back to Joshua, they say to their leader, be strong and courageous. So, you know, this must be a major point that it's uh, repeated five times in, in, in so many chapters. 
And another lesson from the book of uh, Joshua is that if you read it, what you see is that God doesn't simply hand over the promised land as a, as a, as a gift to them. Um, Israel must claim it. They must fight for it and in ways that are appalling to us. But if you're going to take a lesson from it in generalities, they've got to claim it and fight for it. And also, God works through flawed human agents to get what he has planned for them. You know, so those are kind of three major lessons that we can take from the book of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. You know, claim the promised land. And also uh, that God is going to work through the people that you least expect um, to make what is going to happen. And so let me just end with a, a final thought from the end of Deuteronomy, which is our passage today. That it ends by saying about Moses, there has not arisen a prophet sense in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. Now if you're, if you're Jewish you would believe that uh, but we don't. Um, that is the um, first ending you know but there's another one to come and earlier in Deuteronomy Moses even says he says this earlier in Deuteronomy the Lord your God will raise up from you a prophet like me from among you from your brothers it is to him that you shall listen. Moses says, negating actually what is said about him at the end of Deuteronomy, there will come another. And uh, what I want to say to you then is that Moses' leadership foreshadows Jesus Christ. And uh, with that in mind, so does Joshua's. Joshua's uh, leadership and ministry foreshadow that of Jesus Christ. And Joshua's name is the Lord Saves. Um, you know, I mean, if there wasn't another name that clearly explained uh, what God was going to be up to in Jesus Christ. And so I end by saying, yes, be strong and courageous. And as some of those lines continue to say, do not be frightened and dismayed. But, uh, you know, I can't just end a sermon by saying, be strong and courageous. Rah, you know, but Jesus Christ himself is our strength and our courage. Um, as the Lord says to Joshua, you know, remember there were the three times that he says to him, be strong and courageous. The third time he says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, even in a land of confusion, perhaps even at the 5 p.m. service. Or, you know, if that's not the thing that's keeping you up at night, because it probably isn't, you know, the 5 p.m., Service shouldn't be keeping you up at night. It should keep me up at night, but it shouldn't be keeping you up at night. It's probably something else. You know, it's probably one of those major stressors. That is your, um, that is probably your land of confusion. And so I say to you, Jesus Christ is your strength and your courage. And uh, you don't need to, to, to be afraid, therefore, in the end, because the Lord your God is with you. Amen.